Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. I'm going to read to you. Uh, since we're in a new series, I want to uh, you know, draw your attention um, to uh, just a portion of Scripture that I think is incredibly valuable, that will be valuable for us forever, but especially over these next few weeks as we lean into the series. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2, out of the NIV says, I tell you, now. Say that word with me. Now. Now is what? Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now, right now, for you, for me, for us as a people, for your family, for you as an individual. And I know we got a lot of different people in this room, different people with different backgrounds, different experiences with God, maybe no experience with God. But right now, for everyone standing in this room, now is the time of God's favor over your life. God's favor over your family, God's favor over your future. And you need to hear this because it is so important that you understand this concept because it leads to a posture. And so what I wanna talk to you this morning about uh, the title of my message, just really simple, that we wanna be postured with faith that we are favored. It's important that you posture yourself with that understanding, that you lean forward into that in your life, in your day, not just in our gathering today, but as you step in and ask for that job promotion, as you lead into that purchase, as you get ready to engage in that investment, as you reach out to God to call out in prayer, it's so important that you do so with the faith that you are favored by God. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for your generosity in our lives. And while, Lord, our behavior at many points in our life is not worthy of favor, Father, we thank you that we have this favor because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Who he is, how he lived, how he died, how he was resurrected, and how he sits at your right hand right now in all of heaven, cheers for your people because of favor. I pray, God, that you would peel the the lies that have blinded our vision, peel, peel, peel that, those blockers of truth away from our eyes and away from our hearts so that we can posture ourselves correctly to step into all the good things you have for us in every arena of life. And so, Lord, I pray for this. I pray over your people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand and you can be seated. High five the person next to you. And we're going to jump in. Before we jump in, two things. Just a side note, our board of directors met a couple of weeks ago. I want you to be aware of this. We're always trying to um, you know, be led by the Spirit of God and also be shrewd in business and wise in all of our ministry. Our board of directors made the decision to list our property on Delphal Road for sale for a number of reasons, but all, all of which are good because we have well over a million dollars worth of equity there on that property. And it's unlikely that um, anytime soon we will be building a building and we want to position ourselves better financially in this season also so that if and when a property opens up over the next couple of years, we will have the cash in hand to move upon it. So I wanted you to be aware of that when you drive down the road, 
No, we're not going bankrupt. We're not broke. We're doing well. We're trying to be good planners of the future. And I really appreciate our board of directors, good men who support, uh, who love this church and support by serving in leadership and uh, wanted you to be aware of that. Also, you need to know the dad joke for the day, right? So uh, here's my dad joke of the day. <laughs> okay. I recently visited a diabetes awareness site, and it asked me if I would accept cookies. I think it was a trick question. See, a dad, he gets that. Absolutely. That's our humor for the day. Um, posture affects every outcome of our, of our life, every aspect of our life. Posture how you stand. Uh, it affects what happens physically, how you stand. I was joking with Corey before, uh, before church. He's an ex-wrestler and actually coaches wrestling in, in school right now, and I'm an ex-wrestler, and I talk a big game, and I don't necessarily back it up, but I, I'm going to win at trash talk. And so I was threatening Corey that I was going to do a swinging, a sweep, and I was going to ankle pick him, and he said, oh, please, give it a shot right now. And he went on to mumble some other stuff about what would happen to me physically, and I just ignored it. And uh, one thing I do know about wrestling and the strategy for two guys who are about to wrestle is all about posture and about, about getting someone else to make a mistake leaning back. And that's where you are, because of their wrong posture, are able to move in and take advantage of them leaning backwards. How you stand physically will impact physical outcomes. But emotional posture is a real thing, and how you carry yourself uh, internally, your emotions will affect your life very much so. If you're a fearful person in the presence of an attacker, that outcome's going to come out differently than if you are confident emotionally and you fight off this person who is about to do wrong in your life. There's also a relational posture when you step into a crowd. Some of you, when you come in on a Sunday, you kind of... You come into the crowd and you step over like this and you look nervously around the room. I know, we know who you are. You, you're looking nervously around the room and maybe you experience anxiety, but really you might not realize this, but your posture is giving off the vibe that you don't want to interact with people. And then others of you, you run to the room, hey, 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 woo, and you run over and give hugs and scare the daylights out of the rest of us, but your posture, though, creates friendships that you lean into because relationally, you're leaning into, you're that, pot, that person leaning in with your relational posture. You also have a spiritual posture, a way that you position yourself with God. And we can see that right out of the scripture on the board there. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, it says, Jesus touched a couple of men's eyes who were blind, and he said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. And faith is a posture. It's leaning into what God says. That's really simply what faith is. Now, how much you, faith you have determines, is determined by how much you really lean in. Now, some of you get really upset when the thought of you being measured with a small amount of faith or a lack of faith as if it's, a, it's an insult. Please don't hear that. In Scripture, the Bible, Jesus regularly measured people's faith. And when it came to the disciples, he regularly chewed them out for not having enough faith for the moment. It just happened all the time, and they weren't offended. They, it actually helped them to step up in their game. Understand that faith is different than love. 
You can passionately love God and still lack faith. That means you're intimate with God. Oh, God, I love you. But then to actually lean forward and trust his word and step out and believe him about your finances or believe him in prayer to pray over someone that you're struggling in that area. Now, to be honest with you, I think it's not an either or. It should be a both and. You should love God passionately with all your heart, all your emotions, and at the same time, work to see your faith increase because you can grow your faith. All of us are given a measure of faith, but the way our faith grows is by leaning and pushing and becoming more and more successful, much like weightlifting, only you're using your faith in God's word to see results actually happen. Um, your posture towards God is your expression of faith, and it positions you to experience whatever that posture welcomes or actually resists. Your posture towards God, every one of you had a posture today during worship. I've got it on film, and we're going to show you some of your postures right now, <laughs> starting off with the bad ones. Bring, bring up that, uh, oh, we did not, oh, we lost that digital data? Okay, good. Well, we'll just assume all of your posture was leaning in, worshiping God, not like this. Oh, my gosh. I'm never going to let, never going to let you go. I've been let down a bunch of times, God. <laughs> We all have a posture towards God. You had a posture when you walked into the building today towards God as we begin to worship. You know, one of the most frequent times that people have to go to the restroom is during worship. And it's not because there's something about the music that caused the pipes to say, hey, it's time. It's, it's because people actually have a posture towards God and intimacy stepping into that close with God makes them uncomfortable. And we've all probably been there at some point, but your posture toward God is your expression of faith and it will position you to either experience what it welcomes or what it resists. That love that we have for God builds the intimacy, but our faith aligns us and, uh, and all of the supporting aspects of our life with his favor. Posture impacts the outcome and it affects how we experience the favor of God. God has extreme favor for everyone in this room, but your posture allows you to experience that favor. I don't know if you've ever had to, uh, we, we, I don't remember what was going on, but we had our, our grandchildren over at our house one day, and we were, one of them was using the hose, and the other one had the bucket, and it was comical watching that whole thing go on, because I've got water, and it goes wherever I, and I'm trying to catch it in the bucket, and two little kids trying to work that out. You know, that's a lot how the favor of God is. God is, wants to direct the full force of his favor in your life but your posture will dictate the angle of the bucket and the ability to capture the favor of God. The favor of God has been for you since the moment you were conceived. From the moment you were conceived, even in your worst of moments, but it is your posture that allows you to experience the full force of that favor into your own personal life. And I don't care where you've been or what you've done, that favor is available right here and right now. You know, when we look in the scripture, how I know this is true, there are people who are not even Christians, did not even serve God in the New Testament, and yet God was able, Jesus was able to pour his favor into their life, and they experienced miracles and healings and bodies raised back to life, and we have no evidence that they ever went on to even serve God. 
It's just at that moment they were postured, they were asked the question, do you believe that I can do this? Yes, I believe. They were leaning into the word of God and they experienced the favor of God in their lives that others did not experience because we read about even believers who were postured backwards away from the favor of God, even though they were religious, even though they had a love for Jesus. There's this one crazy chapter in the Bible where um, Jesus goes ahead, he stands up, he reads a scripture within the hearing of his hometown people. The Bible says they admired him, they loved him for who he was and his wisdom. And they went on to say a few more things and all of a sudden they began to rise up and tried to run him out of town. And what happened was, even though they had a love for him, their posture was leaned back from him, and they, the Bible says he could do no miracles in their midst, in his hometown. Why? Because even though they knew him and loved him, they were leaned back resisting his word. Now, the next thing that I really want you to hear in this introduction uh, today is that God is currently at present postured toward you in a position of favor. That if God were standing right here, right now, and you were to step up to the stage, God's posture, even though your life might not be adequate, it might not be aligned with all the things that it should be, God's posture would be one of favor. Favor is love. Favor is desire. Favor is acceptance. Favor is a willingness to push something back into your life of value. Favor is looking at you and being glad that you are here. That if God were standing right here on the stage this morning and you were to approach the stage, God would look at you and welcome you like, like this. I, I want you. And as hard as it is to believe, that would be his posture towards every one of us in this room, individually and separately. God has postured himself towards us in favor. A couple of ideas to back this up when you read through the scripture. God created the universe with his spoken word. But how many of you know that God, when it came to making man, he reached out into, down into what he created and began to put his hands all over it to form a man? God did everything without getting his hands dirty until it came to creating us. And then when he created us, uh, created man first, got his hands dirty, then he reached into man, which is kind of disgusting, pulled out a rib and began to form that into a woman. Not an old wives' tale, not a fairy tale, not a myth, the word of God, and it's specific. It's not an allegory. It's not meant to try to... God created man with his hands. He didn't evolve out of the sea or anything along those lines, okay? And so when God used his hands, there's something amazing about people using their hands to create something because their creation comes out of the depth of who they are. If you come into our house, at the entrance of our house, um, inside the front door, we have this just bench where you can sit down, take your shoes off and put them back on when you get ready to leave and sit there and have another 20-minute conversation before you take off because that's how it works. Um, but when you sit on that bench, you'll notice that it's made out of a really cool piece of wood with a, with a, a river that runs through it made out of... Uh, Epoxy, yes. And that is not something we bought at Walmart. I mean, we would still like it if it came from Walmart because it's pretty cool, but when we look at that bench every single day that we live in our house, it brings back memories of Josh and Trish coming into the house, measuring our house, and actually hand-building out of materials that we all had corporately together. They built that bench for that place for our lives. That is a treasured possession because they made that with their hands. 
We're in the process of selling our house, and I'm trying to figure out how I can take that bench with me. It's attached to the wall, and it probably won't fit in the next house, but that's valuable to me. Why? Because it was made with the hands of someone who put that into existence, and God did that when he created you. In fact, when you read farther into the Bible, you begin to discover that when God created man, we are the only ones that he made, that he made in, our, in his image. I mean, God didn't make animals in his image when he sculpted man. The Bible gives this picture that he fashions him both physically, spiritually, and emotionally after his own likeness. And that God stepped up to man in a physical form and filled his lungs with the breath of life. God did not do that to an animal. God did not do that even to the universe. And as spectacular as the universe is, God has his attention focused on all of mankind. You. Now, there are definitely uh, some things that Adam and Eve did to move the bucket out from underneath the favor of God, but you have to understand that man experienced the favor of God in the very beginning. He experienced the approval of God, the acceptance of God, the celebration of God, the kindness of God, access to God, all of the benefits of God, and all the advantages that favor brings with it. And that's all still on the table because as you and I step into a relationship with Jesus, we step back into the kingdom of God that Adam and Eve stepped out of. And it is true that while man's sin pulled him out of the flow of that favor of God, God's desire to favor still existed. And that's why we read in the book of Luke chapter 4, 17, this is where everything shifted. Jesus stepped up, opened the scroll to the book of Isaiah, and he began to read from the scroll. And when he did, he said, from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's reading an Old Testament scripture but he's prophesying over the people who are hearing, and he's also prophesying over the generations to come, you and I. This is a message for you that Jesus declared. He read from that that chapter in Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim a number of things. But the last thing that he proclaims, to proclaim the year or the age of the Lord's favor. They needed to hear it. What did Adam and Eve do the moment that they sinned? They were panicking. God's mad. We got to hide. I'm naked. Cover up. You did it. No, you did it. No, God, you did this to us. Everything within them changed radically. And they immediately hid because something happened to their very DNA. They felt like instead of having God's favor, now his disfavor is over my life. And likely, since the moment you've been born, you've been grappling with some of those great things. Because in reality, the enemy is the one who spoke to Adam and Eve and convinced them to find a place of disfavor. There's also been many voices in your life to proclaim your lack of favor as you stand before God. And that posture affects things radically. Second Corinthians goes on to echo Luke chapter four when it says, I tell you, Now is the time of God's favor. That has direct, specific application to you sitting in this room. God wants you to know that as he approaches you or you approach him, he's approaching you from a position of favoring you. Acceptance 
desire, celebration, future excitement, that want to help you to, to succeed, to see you prosper, to see you overcome all the challenges in your life. God is declaring to you through Jesus the day of the Lord's favor for all of the days of your life. Why it's possible is because Jesus came to remove all of the things that pushed the bucket over here out of the flow of God's favor, moved it over and said, if you will allow me to be Lord of your life, I will help you to put the bucket right under the flow of God's favor and walk in it in a healthy way, amen? That's what he is saying in the scripture. It is so important that you understand this concept. This will affect every area of your spiritual life. It will help you to better understand things that have happened in the past and things as they happen in the future. It will help you to uncover the lies of the enemy who are constantly whispering to you, this is the reason why this is happening is because he is the P word off. He's upset with you. You deserve this. I'm not supposed to say pissed from the pulpit, but so (laughs) now I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. This is something that is easy to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, God favors you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not hearing me. God favors you. God favors you. He chooses you. He wants you. He likes you. He loves you. He desires you. He's for you. He's not against you. The things that come against you, he hates. The things that push you forward, he loves. God is for you. It is such a challenging truth that I would say if there's anything that you need to do is you need to get up in the morning. You need to get your you know, pastor prayer hands on, right? That's when you come up to the altar. Oh, I'm, after, ooh, I'm coming after you. You need to get your pastor prayer hands on, right? And you need to get yourself up in the morning and you need to take your pastor prayer hands and take a right-hand turn and then another right-hand turn. And you need to lay your hands on your head and you need to prophesy over yourself and say, yea, I say unto you, God favors you. God favors you because everything in your life is going to work to convince you that you are out of favor from God because that posture, leaning backwards like that, will keep you from stepping into all the things God has for you. I'm just getting started. Because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, God can deal with you all the days of your life from a place of favor. Jesus brought the remedy for disfavor that is available through your lifetime until judgment to be within play. I'm not saying that sin won't bring uh, uh, cause and effect. I will tell you that judgment awaits later. You've not experienced the judgment of God yet in this lifetime because this is the day of his favor. What you've experienced is the byproduct of stupidity in your own actions. Oh, God is judging me. We haven't got to that, I can assure you. Well, the Old Testament, uh uh-uh. The New Testament starts with Jesus declaring the favor of God. This is the day of the Lord's favor. Don't read me the Old Testament and tell me, oh, Sodom and Gomorrah or any other thing like that. This is a different time. There are people right now who are unrighteous, not serving God, and their life flows with blessing because they just lean into favor and they don't even know who's providing it. The world is not... Uh, you want to, oh, there's earthquakes down in this country or in that place. That's the judgment of God. Not according to scripture at this point. Judgment's coming. 
Judgment will come someday, and that's when people who have walked away from favor and said, now I'm going to take it, uh, I'm going to deal with me accordingly to what I've done, that's a whole different message, right? But God's favor is available for you absolutely. So what would I encourage you to do? Posture yourself to walk in God's favor. Hmm. Posture affects what we experience, God's posture towards you in favor, what should I do? Posture myself back with the understanding that God's favor is for me. Because of sin, yes, we've been born predisposed to a posture of some sort of anti-favor that God has for us. It's also known as a posture of anti-faith, and you see it in the book of Genesis. The same thing that Adam and Eve experienced when sin touched their life is the same thing that you go through. What did they do in that chapter? They felt insecure. You know why you feel insecure? You don't feel like there's anything really loved in you or things are missing. That's exactly what Adam and Eve felt. Favor is gone. They felt insecure. They covered their insecurity with disguises which many of us have learned to do really well. I'm really insecure, so I'm gonna be loud, yeah, oh yeah, and walk away when everybody's gone. It's like really struggling, like no self-worth. We have come up with great ways to disguise ourselves. I'll skip over that though. I don't have the time to to hit on that. Um, We hide from God. There's some of you who said at some point, I will never go to church. The walls will cave in, really? Your, your, your sin is so amazing that the walls are going to cave in? Dial it down a notch there, buddy. There's some people who have done worse stuff than you. The truth is we really struggle with the idea of having to come face to face with God because we think he's very upset or doesn't love us, doesn't like us, that, that if I can hide from his presence, then I don't have to deal from him. People are afraid of God. Hey, let me take it a step further. Adam and Eve begin to blame God. That is a huge revelation moment for if you're struggling with walking in the favor of God is that you blame God for things. Did God do any of the stuff that they're experiencing? No, and God had nothing to do with the trauma that that you've experienced. The enemy exploits it so that you'll run the opposite direction. Well, if God is really a loving God, why would he allow that to happen? I'm never gonna talk with him. That's the most successful recipe the enemy has. To blame God for things the devil does. Blaming other people. Um, let me give you, uh, give, or give, give your attention to these couple of verses. Because there are the voice of prophets in our lives, and then there are the voice of false prophets. I used to read the Bible, and I would consider it like this. A prophet would be somebody at church who has a word from God, and they declare something, and a false prophet would be somebody at church who's just uh, running around being crazy. Yeah, I say unto you, you'll marry her, and he'll marry him. Whoa, I don't even know who that is, right? However, prophets are everywhere. Your parents prophesied over you the moment you were born, all the days of your life. Your friends prophesy over you. You teachers prophesy over you. The media prophesies over you. Social media prophesies over you. The voices in your life are prophesying 24-7. And there are prophetic voices, or in other words, voices from God with God's truth. And then there are false prophets, and those are the voices that may not look even spiritual at all. might be the voice of a friend but it is the voice of a false prophet. 
declaring over you, prophesying over you things that are not true. Just like Adam saying to his wife, you're, you're the one that did this. No, 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 Adam, you, you, you passed the buck and didn't lead like you were supposed to. Your wife didn't cause this, but I mean, she, she hears that. Just, just pause for a moment and think. Eve, having done something wrong, walks with her husband out of the garden and she's barred from ever going in. And her husband's words are, you're to blame. And so now living in a world that looks nothing like the Garden of Eden, she carries those prophetic words in her heart that her husband says, you're at fault for this. He prophesied over her life that. And it's, he was a false prophet at that moment. And yet the voices in our lives impact our posture. So look at these couple of scriptures and grab onto this. Jeremiah chapter 27, verse 14 and 15. The prophet says, do not listen to the words of the prophets. I'd say false prophets, okay? Do not listen to the words of the false prophets who are saying to you, blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah. You know, what I, you know what I mean by blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah. The statements that have been whispered into your ears and into your life, you're going to be sick forever. Nobody here loves you. This is all fake. They tell you they love you, but they don't. You're never going to accomplish that. It happens for other people, but it will never happen for you because of what you've done. There are so many false prophets, so many things. Now, it affects each of us differently. For me, when I hear somebody false, be a false prophet in my life, I hear the Rocky theme begin to play. And an adversary's voice to me is like sweet nectar from heaven. <laughs> Not everybody's wired that way, though. Sometimes the voice of the enemy for some people just becomes a truth and it settles in and it pushes down and it becomes one of the pieces of who they are. And I want to challenge you to look into your life, the things that would tell you that God does not favor you, whether it's the voice of a person or a voice of your experience or a voice of feeling. I want you to know, don't listen to your feelings. Your feelings are lie. Oh, I just feel like the Lord. You better get rid of that thing. Either God is or isn't. How you feel is really immaterial to anything. Oh, I just really feel like the Lord. No. Yeah, because the Lord will help you to ask a girl out to date and help you to break up with her in about five minutes. And you carry that into your marriage. Because there's sometimes I really, really feel in love. And then there's sometimes when Rowena might not. <laughs> I'm always really, really in love. She gives me no reason to not be in love. But I got a feeling after... 35 years of marriage is probably some moments where she's like, Lord, this thorn. <laughs> don't, don't, aren't there moments where you really, really love your kids? And then moments when you feel like, <laughs> will somebody abduct this child of mine, please? I don't know who said that, but amen, okay. At least you're honest. So read a little further there. It says, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are saying to you, blah, 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 blah. 
For it is a lie that they are prophesying you. I have not sent them, declares the Lord, for they are prophesying falsely in my name. The enemy will send friends, family, all sorts of people to put this anti-favor all of you, to demean who you are, demean what you could be, what you expect to experience out of life, and extract all of what heaven is trying to reinforce in your life so that you can believe and step in. But you cannot step into all of God's good things if you're leaning backwards on your back foot afraid of God. Have you ever tried to give someone a hug who clearly does not want to be hugged? I love to watch that when it happens here. <laughs> and what I love about so many of our huggers, they just hug the daylights out of you as awkward as it is. They don't care. Hey, I gotcha. <laughs> don't believe what they're prophesying to you. But they've been prophesying for so long, it's so ingrained that you're going to have to actively battle back with the truth of God. That's why I say in the morning time, you get your preacher prophet hands on and do the turn the corners and yea, I say unto you, you are favored. You know why you got to do that? Almost literally do it that way is because you've been bombarded for so long that you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, you're a weakling, you're not going to succeed. They're never going to, you're, when they find out that you don't know what you're doing, you're fired. When your kids figure out that you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> we believe those lies. It affects our posture. Let me read you some of the revelation that you can know that you have a posture that's maybe needing some adjustment. You believe that God's really indifferent to you. Oh, he cares about pastors or people on the platform, but you, he might not even know you're here in this room. He's indifferent towards you. That's a posture. It'll affect your posture. I could say, hey, who here needs to be healed? Who's got an illness? And you could raise your hand because maybe you do have one. And I could say, hey, come on up here to the altar. God's going to heal you. And half the people who raise their hands will not come up. Pastor Steve, they're, not, they're embarrassed. No, 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 no. It's they believe that God can, but they don't believe that he will for them. You thinking God is indifferent or maybe angry with you will affect you big time. You can know that your posture's off if you believe constantly that God is angry with you. You can know your posture is off when you feel like you're ever always inching closer to a future point when God will have finally had it and cut you off. How many people have said to me, I think I, think I have committed the unpardonable sin. <laughs> I think I've gone too far this time. Or we know our posture is off when we steer clear from God and church and any spiritual activity Maybe not reading our Bible, not praying because you just feel like I'm too sinful. It would be hypocritical of me to even do this. You know, when you are the most sinful is when you need to do that. I'll tell you what, you're not going to get any judgment from me. If you were robbing banks last night and I see you up here with your hands raised and somebody's like, hey, he shouldn't be doing that. He was robbing banks last night. My response would be like, listen, if he wasn't doing this, he'd be doing more than robbing banks last night. But the enemy will get you to lean back in your posture so you do nothing. How about we believe God, uh, believe God is to blame for the bad we experience in life because after all, it's his payment for our wrongdoing. Such a lie. Or we resent God for the bad we've experienced in life because we feel as if he favors others but not us. There are some people who, when I talk about God's blessing, God's favor, God's financial miracles, prosperity, how God has healed someone in our church that actually begin to back up and physically begin to uh, 
yeah, I, uh, several years ago, I had a family that we loved in the church, and I was preaching on God heals, and I, wa- I was watching over there in the left section. They're not here today. They're not in this section. They were just, it's like, I thought that they were, I didn't know what was going on, and they said, we need to talk to you, and I just said, okay, I understand. I'll pray with you so that so that God will, you can find a church where you feel more comfortable. I don't know what I've done. They're like, what are you talking about? I said, I just assumed you're just angry at me, and I said, I'm, you, it's visible, like, you know, by the way, I can see you. <laughs> just so you know, I can see you, all right? And what they explained to me was they had lost a loved one that they had been praying for, and because she wasn't healed, deeply and intensely, the topic of God healing, it became the issue was God could, but he didn't. And I'm like, that is not what happened at all. At all. You're getting upset with the wrong person. It's God who, as we lean into, and not every person I've ever prayed for has ever been healed. But if I stop leaning in, I'm, I'm submitting the territory I'm supposed to take to the wicked one. The enemy wants me to think, well, God's not going to do what he said, so that I lean back and don't try to pray for anyone. And, you know, there's been some really close people that I've loved dearly. I've been in the hospital with a family while a man unexpectedly has a heart attack. And I'm like, look, we prayed. He's good. And I've had the doctor walk in, and he just passed. And that had nothing to do with God and everything to do with the enemy and had everything to do with me learning to really lean forward in faith and learning how to pray effectively. Because there's also some ineffective ways to pray. Effective prayer or not, God doesn't just look at our heart. Effective prayer moves earthly situations. When we pray, we're not just asking God to, we're not, most of the time, we're not asking God to do anything. Most of the time when we pray, we're speaking to an earthly circumstance and shifting it on behalf of God. We work on behalf of God many times when we pray, and we tell the storm to be still with our own authority, not asking God to come down and cause the storm to be still. So there's some things that don't happen, and I have to own it. I have to wear it because I wasn't effective in my prayer time. And so that's why we press forward to pray. Uh, we expect, you know that your posture's off. We expect in good times that something bad's going to likely happen at any moment because God would never allow this much good to happen because, my gosh, I'm so undeserving. Some of you, are, you use the phrase, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Ah, no, don't jinx it. It's not a magic formula. God's favor is there. Amen? We struggle to ask for help from God because we feel like that he thinks we don't deserve it. Well, I can't ask God for that. I'm sinful. We struggle to ask for help because we think that he is feeling like we're undeserving. We believe God can do miracles, but we don't believe he will for us. We become irritated at the good outcomes other people experience because we don't see God doing those in our lives. Have you ever heard some of the people in our church family who um, experience miracles and they talk about it and everybody's cheering? Everybody's like, woo, yes. Have you ever felt yourself clenching up because the very miracle that they received is something you have yet to receive? And when you clench up, what happens? It's the enemy trying to ankle pick you. 
In order to effectively ankle pick you, he can't reach your ankles if you're leaning forward. So he pushes you backward and you get irritated at the success of a brother or sister and you get pushed back and he sweeps the ankle and you're down on the mat. The right posture when someone else gets the answer that you're waiting for is to celebrate what God has done in their life. You will find your celebration will posture you even more so to believe God's word for yourself. It causes you to say, God, what you did for them, you will certainly do for me because you are no respecter of persons. Oh, I got two amens. Wow. Good job, Pastor Steve. He favors you. You've got bad news you've heard up ahead. He favors you. People rejected you. He never rejected you. He favors you. He chose you. He chose you to breathe you into existence. And he's chosen you through Christ. And he will keep on choosing you. Now, there's different reasons why. Maybe ways that he favors Rowena than he favors me. But I know that he favors us all if we lean into that favor. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.